Hello? Staffordshire Police. Hello there, and welcome to our first The Beat podcast of 2023. My name is Manish Patel, Communications Officer at Staffordshire Police, and this month's podcast is all about the Forces Phone Free campaign, which launched earlier this month in February 2023. So, what is the campaign all about? Phone Free is one of four road safety campaigns as part of Operation Lightning, with the aim of the operation to reduce the number of deaths and serious injuries on the roads of Staffordshire and to disrupt and deter criminals from using the road network. Now here are some statistics which may startle you. So did you know in last year, in 2022, our force prosecuted 959 drivers for using a handheld mobile phone whilst driving and just under half of those were driving a commercial vehicle, i.e. a HGV, lorry or a van. Did you know that being distracted by your phone while driving makes you four times more likely to crash? And did you know if you're caught using your phone at the wheel, you'll receive six points and a £200 fine and new drivers within the first two years of holding a full licence will have their licence removed by the courts? The message from our force is quite simple. Help us make Staffordshire's roads safer by going phone-free. Now, one team to play a massive part in helping keep Staffordshire's roads safer are our roads policing unit team. And we're delighted to say to be joined by PC Kiki Pilarchik, uh, who's part of the team. Uh, Kiki, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us here on the Beat Podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Um, Kiki, before we go on to talk about the campaign and giving you the opportunity to give our listeners who may be drivers tips to ensure they are phone free whilst driving, tell us about your role and how long you've been with the Roads Policing Unit. So I've been with the Roads Policing Unit for three years now. Um, Generally what our day-to-day job is as a roads policing officer is looking at multiple aspects of road safety. So one of the big ones is mobile phone use, um, speeding, drink and drug driving and partnership working with agencies um, like VOSA and the DVLA. Another part of our, our role is also to target crime on the roads and that's by locating and dealing with criminals that, that use the road networks. And you mentioned you've been there for three years, is that correct? Three years, yes. How are you finding it? I love it. I love it. It's a it's an amazing job. Um, it's very fast paced. It's different to normal day to day policing. We get to be proactive. Um, we get to deal with people that I suppose you wouldn't normally deal with on a day to day basis in other roles. Um, we get to offer a lot lot of education with regards to road safety um, and other aspects, which is very beneficial um, to members of the public that we, we wouldn't normally get the time to speak to. I mentioned earlier about some of the statistics from last year around the use of mobile phones whilst driving and the consequences if drivers are caught caught using their phone at the wheel. When you reflect on those statistics, Kiki, how do do they make you feel? It's shocking to me, especially um, with regards to the amount of commercial vehicles. Um, I suppose in my eyes and probably many roads policing officers' eyes, roads policing officers' eyes, sorry, um, commercial vehicle drivers are professional drivers um, they've gone through a higher level of training um, they have to stick to 
very stipulant rules such as um, tachometer rules which are driving hours and things like that so you would think um, that using a mobile phone would be the last thing that they they would do while driving those vehicles commercial vehicles are vehicles that normally carry goods um, around the country they're heavier and larger than most vehicles that means it takes a greater concentration and skill to drive these vehicles uh, it takes longer to brake and take ev- evasive action if they come across a hazard. Um, if they're using a mobile phone, they're leaving themselves with such a high risk of not being able to do anything with regards to that risk. And driving a vehicle that is bigger and heavier than any other vehicle on the road, they're more likely to cause fatalities and kill other people on the road. Um, things like that could mean that not only that they could go to prison, for causing death by dangerous driving. Um, say if it doesn't go that far, so that's obviously the, the, the worst case scenario. If they are caught using the phone, um, it's six points and a 200 pound fine. Most uh, haulage companies will not allow drivers to drive for them with six points. Um, so basically the job, that's it, it's, it's over and done with. And if they were caught twice within that period, any driver, um, they'll have done what's called totted up. They've totted up to the 12 points, which means it's, it's a natural ban. Um, you'd have a driving ban. So getting caught twice on your phone within a three-year period, you've no longer got a licence. And if you need to drive to travel to work or drive because you're a carer or something like that for somebody and it's very important that you drive, you no longer can do that on the roads and it's it's very, very life-changing. As roads policing officers, um, every day that we're out on the roads, we are, we're looking for offences and one of those big ones is mobile phone use on the road because of the severity and the seriousness of the offence and obviously what could happen um, if phones are used while driving. We also run intensification weeks. Um, This is where all officers across the whole force, not just roads policing officers, look and are tasked with targeting drivers who are using mobile phones. We've got actually one coming up soon. Um, This is where we really look to target those drivers and not just to target them, um, to prosecute them for the offence, to give them points and a fine. It's to educate those drivers on the dangers. Generally, what we will do, every driver that we pull over, um, we will inform them about it's one of the fatal four, what that means, um, what are the potential risks, what could happen, what could happen to them, what if they cause a collision, what if they cause a death. So every driver that goes away, okay, yes, they're being prosecuted for the offence, but they are aware of what their actions could actually cost them um, in the long run. Um, at the most serious or, or the worst case scenario so one of the big big things that we do is educate those drivers and um, I think education sometimes is better than just the fine and the points um, that's what they get for it but they also get why this is happening why um, the punishment I suppose or the po- points and fine people think it's a bit much but three points and a hundred pound fine wasn't working that's why it's upped um, and as we got from the statistics it's still a lot um drivers that are being prosecuted for it um so maybe education in there as well also helps with that we've also got an- another operation that we run it's called operation tramline um, people have probably seen this before it's a big hgv that we use and um, we generally go on um dual carriageways within staffordshire so probably like the a500 the a34 and um, the a5 things like that um, the hgv gives us a higher level viewing um, and it allows us to see into 
commercial vehicles cabs are a lot easier so hgv drivers cabs because in a normal police vehicle it's quite hard to see unless the driver's got the phone right in the hand at the window um so the hgv allows us to look into those cabs and see commercial vehicle drivers using their mobile phones um, we have um proper camera recording equipment within that vehicle so we can record the drivers that also helps with the prosecution um, it also helps for the car drivers or uh, who drive um, while using their phone down by their side so not up against the window not up against the face or their ear they hold the phone in the corner um, down by their side thinking that we can't see what they're doing it's quite obvious when they're looking down at the phone um, but drivers are very aware of what we can and can't prosecute that HGV helps us with that because we have a very clear sight into that vehicle and again we can record them using that mobile phone so that helps us prosecute those drivers and um, those are the few things that we do but generally day-to-day -day, roads policing officers and other officers um, that have the time to be proactive will look for um, mobile phone use within vehicles uh, and will prosecute those drivers when when they're found. So drivers you've been warned. So I mean, you've, you've just briefly touched on some examples there. Do you have any generic examples, Kiki, of drivers who have been caught and what have they had to say for themselves? I'd say probably the worst one. Um, I was driving on a dual carriageway, 70 miles an hour. The vehicle was a commercial vehicle. Um, it wasn't a HGV, but it was a larger vehicle. Um, the vehicle was already speeding in the inside lane. Um, that's what caught our attention. I was in a marked vehicle with a colleague, sat in the passenger seat. Um, we drove up by the side of that vehicle and what I could see is the driver texting and also talking into that mobile phone while driving down a dual carriageway. Um, absolutely no attention on the road ahead and we were sat next to him for about four or five seconds uh, before he turned, looked at me, realized we were a police car and just dropped the phone in his lap. Um, even when pulling him over, he still continued to deny that he was on the phone, even though I'd seen him and got camera footage of that. Um, that's some of the things we get. Other things, um, sometimes drivers are completely unaware that we're there and we've seen them because it just becomes a habit with people that they use the mobile phone a lot at the wheel because they've never had an accident or never been caught. It seems that it's it's just one of those bad habits that continues um, and they're completely unaware of our presence and when they get caught they are actually quite shocked. A lot of people hold their hands up and go, yeah, okay, I've done it. Um, and they don't actually realise if it's six points and a £200 fine. That's really when it hits home and they think, oh, I've got six points and they go, well, I've already got three for this or, or that. And all of a sudden they're on nine points uh, just for picking up the mobile phone. A lot of people don't think in don't think holding a mobile phone um, in their hand is actually an offence. So most people are unaware that the, the law changed with regard to this quite recently. Um, it used to be that it had to be a phone call or texting uh, and that was the only way that you could basically get prosecuted um, for using a mobile phone whilst driving. This has been changed recently um, and it's any use of a phone now any use at all so scrolling on social media holding it in your hand watching videos using it as a sat nav and touching it while you're still moving any kind of use of that phone constitutes as an offense and you can be prosecuted for using that mobile phone um, generally what i do now if we pull people over um, we inform them of that and say do you know um, and a lot of the time they go no so we'll, we'll ed educate them around that um, but 
even if you didn't know, that's not a defence. It doesn't mean that the officer is not going to prosecute you for, for using that mobile phone. Um, sometimes it's just that they go, sorry, I shouldn't have. Um, it was an important phone call. It doesn't take two minutes to find a safe place to pull over and take that phone call or send that text message. It doesn't need to be done while driving. If it is important or emerg an emergency, then isn't it better to deal with that emergency without crashing and injuring yourself or injuring somebody else by just pulling over to the side of the road in a safe place and taking that phone call or texting? Uh, and that's kind of my view on, view on that one. And generally, most people will, will be uh, hold their hands up and say, yeah, I've done wrong, and they take it. There is other people that don't, um, that don't want to admit uh, the offence, um, but it's the same with anything with regards to that. But but most people generally, when they're caught out using a phone, know that they've been caught. So. And in all you know, and in all seriousness, you know, these incidents could have you know life changing circumstances. Yeah, as uh, use use of mobile phone is one of the fatal four um, that we class as. So as I discussed before, mobile phones is one of the fatal four. Drinking, drug driving, speeding, um, and not wearing your seatbelt are ones of the phase four. Seatbelt's quite obvious. If you're not wearing a seatbelt, you're in a collision, you, you could, you know, be killed. Um, drinking, drug driving, generally that's quite obvious to everybody. You know, you could be killed if, you, if you're under the influence while driving. Um, speeding, again, if you're over a prescribed speed limit, if you're really over a prescribed speed limit and you crash, um, you could, again, be killed. Those three generally seem obvious to people. It's the mobile phones that they don't um, they don't realise how much concentration that takes away from your driving. And it's not necessarily that it will kill you. It may kill a child that's crossing the road in front of you that you haven't seen. It may kill the old lady on a zebra crossing that's halfway across that you haven't seen. It may kill a child in the car in front that you career into or the adult in the front seat. It's any of those things. It doesn't necessarily have to impact you per se you could come out completely uninjured but you could kill somebody else in that act and your whole life is over if that happens because you will go to prison for that it only takes two or three seconds and that could you know looking at your phone and then potentially that again that could have serious consequences well, yeah not even two or three seconds a second away you don't know what's going to happen every second in front of you um just looking down and looking back up traffic could have stopped completely in front of you somebody could have walked out or ran out or um Children can be unpredictable. Something goes out on the road and they just run out. They aren't aware of the road safety. That's it. Their life is over. Um, and you've got to, one, deal with that for the rest of your life. And two, very likely go to prison for that. And, and you know, um, normal members of the public would never be in that situation, never have any contact with us whatsoever. And then all of a sudden your first contact is that you've, you've killed somebody and we're arresting you for that. And you're put in a cell, dealt with for causing a death, not only are you dealing with that in the cell knowing that you've killed somebody, you're also then thinking, okay, I'm gonna to go to prison for this, and you might go to prison for 10, 10 years, something like that. It might be a lot less, it could be more. It's one of those things, it depends on the severity, obviously, of the offense. Um, but a, a normal member of the public that's never had any interaction with the police before, then all of a sudden they're going to prison. It's a massive, massive thing for them to deal with uh, mentally, emotionally. Um, it's going to have a massive impact on your family as well. So something as simple as putting your phone down, it's a, it's a easy thing to do uh, and a very simple thing to ask for on our behalf. And just finally, uh, Kiki, what steps can drivers take to ensure that they are phone free? Um, 
put the phone completely out of reach, um, take away that distraction altogether, take away that temptation to pick your phone up, stick it in a bag in the back. Um, I know some vehicles um, have a pocket behind um, the centre console so you can't actually see your phone while you're driving. Um, that's again just to take away that vision, to take away that temptation. Um, turn your phone off while you're driving, that's another thing that you could do, um, especially if you know that you're prone to picking it up. Um, if you do have to do calls for your work, I know that a lot of people travel for work and they have to take calls um, while they're travelling up and down the country, that's fair enough. If you have to, use hands-free, but, but there's a bit of a caveat with hands-free. There's a lot of research that's been done, uh, Keele University are doing some at the moment, which shows that even taking a call can be just as bad as picking your phone up while driving. It takes the concentration to think about that phone call away from your driving. Um, it's completely different than having a passenger and speaking to them because the passenger can see what's happening in the road and if the environment changes, they'll probably be quiet. Um, somebody on the phone won't and you try to concentrate on what they're saying as well as deal with a hazard or a potential hazard. Um, so realistically being phone free altogether, not even hands free is what we want and the way forward to reduce the risk completely um, and to stop deaths, casualties, injuries, um, even collisions on the road. I know that that's not possible for everybody, but if the call's not important, maybe don't take it. Or if you know it is important, maybe find a lay-by somewhere safe to park um, and tell them you call them back until you found that safe place to park. Um, my advice would be don't pick up your phone while driving. Um, we were involved in part of the research for Keele University um, and it was a simple task that you had to do. I think we had to listen to a shopping list and look for potential hazards and things had changed on the road and stuff like that. We had to answer que questions after and even as a road policing officer with extra skills, um, there was things that I missed and it was, it was eye-opening to even think that there's things that I'd missed even though I knew what the task was asking me to do. Um, so people who are just every day listening on the phone, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. Um, collisions don't occur just because there's stuff that leads up to it. If you're not concentrating on the road, you're going to miss the stuff that leads up to it, which will then stop you being involved in that collision. Um, you need to have your full attention on the road while you're driving. Kiki, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and thank you so much for your time. No problem at all. So we've heard from PC Kiki Pilarchik from the Roads Policing Unit on their role of helping make Staffordshire's roads safer. But when it comes to investigating evidence in cases of mobile phone usage by drivers, how big a role do forensics have in solving cases? And how would a forensics investigator examine a mobile phone? Well now, I'm pleased to say we've been joined by Roger Wetton, Forensic Collision Investigator at Staffordshire Police. Roger, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good stuff, good to hear. Um, Roger, working as a Forensic Collision Investigator, you get to see what happens if someone is involved in a road traffic collision. Tell us about what you do as part of your role and how does it connect to the topic of people using phones behind the wheel? So I think, simply put, my role is to go out to all fatal and life-threatening road traffic collisions in the county uh, and I'm interested in what evidence there is on the road. Uh, although I might be interested in what witnesses may be saying, sometimes as people we don't always record the correct information. So I rely on 
what evidence we've got on the road, whether it's tyre marks, whether it's um, gouge marks in, or furrows on a grass verge, uh, but also what's the vehicle telling me? And then that leads on to, well, what's the person in the car been doing? So if a car's driven straight into a tree, well, why didn't they go around the bend? So it could be that, were they on the phone? Were they, was it drink driving? Was it drug driving? Were they asleep? All these things we've got to look at. And it may well, we start all the way at the beginning with, and we work all the way back, then we work forward up to the point of impact. And we'll probably work back again, and then we'll work forward from the point of impact. So what's the car done after impact? Has it rolled? Has it flipped? Has it spun? Have the airbags deployed? If the airbags haven't deployed, why haven't they deployed? So I'm looking at all this evidence, all the physical evidence, and then I'm putting all that together and hopefully coming up with, uh, in my opinion, the right opinion as to what actually happened and what caused the collision. And I guess those are some of the reasons as to what could uh, contribute to one who you, in the end, find out has been using the phone behind the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. The We've got two parts of our team. We've got our investigators on the serious collision unit. They will take the phones, they will get them downloaded, they'll get them looked at um, to see whether they were in any use. And sometimes you can't necessarily tell whether a phone was in use. Um, but there is clearly, at times, a distraction within the vehicle. And we might find the phone in a certain place, whether it could be on the dashboard or next to the driver's seat, which would indicate that it was probably in use at the time. Okay. Well, you've been working in this field for more than 10 years. How, from your point of view, how has forensic uh, collision investigation changed since you started in the role? And what new techniques and technology are available to help give you a more complete picture of what actually happened at an accident scene? It's it's changed massively. Um, when I first started, we were looking at having tyre marks on the road. So as, as a kid, you may well have cycled down the road and slammed on your brakes on, the, on your bike and you've left that big tyre mark behind you. Well, we can do use maths and physics on that and equations of motion and work out how fast, or how fast the car was going when it put the brakes on, if it's come to a stop. Well, with ABS now, you don't get that. You've got anti-locking brakes, you've got EBS, you've got power steering, you've got loads of airbags, you've got all these different safety features on a vehicle now that weren't there 10 years ago, for starters. Um, So now we're having to move away from some of the physical evidence that isn't there anymore, and now we're looking at airbag data. So if an airbag has deployed, we're downloading that and we're getting five seconds of pre-crash data and it tells you what speed the vehicle was going, whether the seat belts were on, whether what the RPMs were, whether the brakes were engaged at all over those five seconds. Although it doesn't sound a long time, five seconds in my world is a really, really long time. Um, I mean, at 30 mile an hour, you could be covering um, 60 metres plus, which that's over half football pitch, to give sort of a bit of context on it. So if I've got half a football pitch worth of what you were doing in your car prior to you colliding with either another vehicle or a tree or a lorry or whatever, that's massive. That's a, you know, why didn't you see the pedestrian who'd walked out? So, and then we're doing a lot with, obviously a lot of cars now have dash cams. So we're analysing that. A lot of companies now, a lot of private dwellings as well have CCTV. And we can now use um, techniques to 
find two fixed points on CCTV and work out the speed of the car as it goes in front of the footage. Uh, and we've we've done that very successfully in a number of cases. Um, we've recently started using 3D scanners, which we're getting to grips with. Uh, new technology, we, literally, we can put someone back in the scene and say, right, from this junction, this was your view looking left and right and actually move someone through the scene. Um, that's still in its infancy, but we're getting there with it. We're getting to grips with it. So where the old techniques are starting to die away, we're getting these new techniques in where we're able to go, right, what can this tell me? What can that tell me? How can we alter these things? Um, and it's, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, 13 years I've been doing this and it's, it's all changed. It's all changed. I'm sure it has been all changed, but as you mentioned, you just mentioned about the fact you've been working in your role 13 years. Enjoying it? Yeah, overall, absolutely. Um, every day's different. I mean, you, you might think that a car can only crash in so many ways. Every scene we go to is unique, and it's unique on a physical basis, and it's unique on a personal basis as well. Um, yeah, there's, there's, it's certainly mentally taxing, um, and certainly there is mental health issues related to the job. That there's no qualms about that, but it's at times it's been heartbreaking, obviously, because we are involved with people who unfortunately die. Um, so from that way, yeah, it can be really, really tough. But at the same time, when you are dealing with and being able to give people answers to help give them some comfort and bring them some closure as to why their loved ones have passed away, that that can be pretty rewarding. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah, I love my job. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but I think you have to be a certain type of person to do it. In terms of particular instance, without going to the specifics, do any do any come to mind where a mobile phone has been involved? Yeah, absolutely. There's 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 been a couple I can think of. Um, one in particular, um, it was on a an unlit road uh, on a dual carriageway. Um, and a vehicle had broken down uh, on the side of the road. Um, and un- unfortunately, the driver had remained in front of the vehicle. Uh, and Sorry, had remained in the vehicle. And, and unfortunately, another vehicle coming up the dual carriageway hit the rear of that car. And the person inside was killed. Now, on first light, we, we were looking at it saying, well, it's broken down, it's unlit, it's on a very fast road. You know that's the reason why the person couldn't have seen it, and then we got some dash cam footage from another driver that actually showed the this driver actually missed the broken down car, and we started to think, okay, well, it is possible then to drive round this broken down car even if you see it very late, and the vehicle that actually hit it had a um, built-in inside camera, and you actually saw the driver of the vehicle using a mobile device that was on the windscreen for around six seconds prior to the collision. That's why they weren't looking at the road. That's why they didn't see the broken down car. That's why they didn't manage to go round the vehicle. It was a massive, massive reason as to why the crash happened. So, yeah, that that one especially. You, you can see it actually in use at the time on the windscreen. Obviously, you mentioned about the mental impact of, of your role but also you've just you know, talked about an incident there 
when you attend an incident such as that, it must be emotional, especially especially when someone has been hurt. How do you deal with it personally? How does it feel? How does it make you feel knowing that people are using phones behind the wheel? Whenever you go to a scene, you've you've almost got to try and take all the emotion out of it. I mean, a lot of the time we go to scenes and the deceased is already gone. Yeah, you know, if there's if there's a chance that the emergency services can, emergency services can save that person, there's a strong chance they've already gone to to hospital. Um, there have been occasions where I've gone to scenes and they've been very emotive where somebody's been worked on on the side of the road, and that that is obviously quite distressing to see. Um, when I tend to get to the scenes, it, it suddenly goes very quiet because everyone else has gone, the fire brigade's gone, the police have widened the cordon, the roads are quiet because they're all closed. It tends to be me and my colleague or whoever's on and we're alone in the scene. So you, you're on your own, you, you're working on your own. You can get stuck in your own mind. Um, we all have different techniques. I personally don't learn the name of the person involved, if I can. Um, because in the nicest possible way, I don't want any personal attachment to them. So when I go to coroner's court, because eventually I'm going to end up probably sat as far as I am from you in front of a family member and they can ask me anything they want in coroner's court. And I've got to be completely honest with them and it might not be something they want to hear or it might be something that that's the one question they want answered and I can give them that answer. But at the same time, I don't want to make it personal. Um, I have actually dealt with a couple of incidents where I actually found out shortly before coroner's court that I actually knew the deceased sister and used to work with her. And that's probably the closest I've come to actually knowing the deceased. But because I don't like to learn names, yeah, by all means, tell me the road that it happened, tell me the, the vehicle involved, I'll be able to tell you the job. You tell me a name of somebody, I, I, I won't know. I won't know the job because that then keeps it separate. Uh, another thing that I do is, is not wear my uniform home. My uniform stays in my locker. I get changed at the end of the day. I shut that locker. It gets closed behind me and I walk away from it. Now, you can only do that for so long. And actually, 14, 15 months ago now, uh, I had a breakdown. And I was off work for three months with mental health. And I was just burnt out. Burnt out, anxiety. Yeah, and, it, and thankfully, due to the great help that I had with welfare, um, with work, and with the NHS, came back to fighting fit. And within six months, I was back on back on full duties, going out to jobs. So it, I just had there was just too many Jenga boxes, and eventually it got pushed over. But as you say, you know about mobile phones. <sighs> They're a blessing and a curse. Everyone, everyone's got one. Everyone uses them. Most people, I see so many people using them for Google Maps for navigation purposes. Great. The ones that concern me the most are those who are texting because you're taking your eyes off the road. In two seconds that it takes to write a text at 30 mile per hour, you've traveled 26 meters. That's quarter of a football pitch. It's longer than a, a, a cricket wicket and you've traveled that distance without looking at the carriageway that you're on. Anyone could walk out, anyone could step out, a car could pull out. You yourself could actually be going off the road and not even realizing it. 
you could be changing lanes on a motorway and not even realise it. Um, so yeah, when I see that, and then I've even caught people who have been having video chats on the phone while using the car. And yes, they were at a set of traffic lights, but when I tapped on the window and asked the young man, because I was actually advising him that his brake light was out, and uh, then realised he was on a video call to his family. So I suggested we go and have a little chat about uh, some road safety. Um, you know, where, where, where they're built in and you've got hands-free, yeah, it's perfectly fine to use them, but it's still a distraction. I'm sure, I mean, I, I don't know what sort of family arrangement people have, but I always use this example where you're travelling down the road and you've got children in the back of the car and they're going on about McDonald's. And you turn around and you say to them, we're not going to McDonald's. And those two or three seconds that it takes you to do that, you've run someone over. It's exactly the same distraction if you've got hands, even if you're talking to somebody. Um, but at least with hands-free, you are still looking at the road. If it's a video call, the eyes get drawn to the phone. You know, if it's a message that comes up, your eyes straight away are drawn to the screen. And therefore, your eyes aren't on the road. Roger, really appreciate your, your honesty there. And I think, you know, for you to be brave about what, you know, about your role and to talk about the examples that you've just given, I think takes real bravery. So thank you so much for sharing, yeah. for sharing those. Just finally, um, We've already heard from Rose Policing Unit. We've advised that steps drivers can take to ensure they are phone free. What advice would you give to drivers to make sure they are phone free while driving? The simple thing is switch it off. I mean, that's 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 the easiest one. Switch it off, put it on silent, put it in your glove box. Therefore, if you're receiving a call and you're on hands free, you can answer it. If you're receiving anything else, you can't get to it. You can't do anything with it great therefore you're going to be safer um, the ideal thing is even if you're receiving a call don't take it but I appreciate that there are going to be those times where you are going to want to take a call even as police officers we'll be out at a job if a job comes in and we're driving we're on linked on hands free because and we're going to have to take that call because we're going to have to deploy to a scene but what we won't be doing is or I would hope we won't be doing is driving along checking our whatsapp groups checking our Facebook page or whatever and you know updating our Instagram while we're driving along the M6 or the A500 and because yeah you just unfortunately you're asking for a visit from me if that happens because unfortunately when it goes wrong that's when I have to turn out and there's a fair chance I'll be linking that mobile phone use to unfortunately your untimely death. Roger thank you so much for taking time at your schedule to speak to us on The Beat. My pleasure. So there you have it. We've come to the end of our first The Beat podcast of 2023. Remember, we want you to be phone free while driving and for you to help us make Staffordshire's roads safer by going phone free. Lose the phone, not your control. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to listen back to the podcast, you can do so by visiting our website. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I've been Manish Patel and you have been listening to The Beat. Thanks for listening to The Beat Podcast, produced by Staffordshire Police. To learn more about the topics discussed in this podcast, including sources of information, help and support, please visit the Staffordshire Police website.
If you'd like to get involved or have any questions, you can get in touch with us by emailing thebeatpodcast at staffordshire.police.uk. Please remember that this is not a suitable place to report information about crime or safety concerns. You can do that by calling 101 or reporting via our website.